Welcome to the Hoosier Act Today Wednesday podcast. It's the 21st of February, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by C.J. Miller and Sabrina Halverson on the news with a new program to help kids learn about the Indiana poultry industry and sharing weather and water concerns in the nation's capital. The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com to learn more more and stop by your local branch and talk about your ag operation today. Hat Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin is here with pleasant weather, including above normal temperatures, and the grain and oil seed markets all moved up on Tuesday. Arlen Suderman has analysis on the Hoosier Ag Today Wednesday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. A new program at Purdue teaching kids about the turkey and poultry industries and ag leaders sharing their concerns over weather and water. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today, brought to you by McDonald's. As we honor the future this National FFA Week, McDonald's of Greater Indiana salutes all farmers throughout the Hoosier State. And what the Golden Arches do would not be possible without the support of Indiana farmers. Well, according to the USDA's latest Census of Agriculture, Indiana ranks fourth in the U.S. for turkey production, which makes it a significant part of Indiana's ag economy. And that's why a Purdue professor has just put together a new website and an educational program to teach young kids about Indiana's turkey industry and poultry sector. So the new website, it just launched last month at poultryeducationcorner.com. All the resources are freely available to anybody around the world who'd like to use them. And that's Dr. Elizabeth Karcher, professor of animal sciences with Purdue. She says the program offers several resources for teachers to adopt ag-related topics into their classrooms, including their POLT program to teach students about the turkey and poultry industries. So as part of the POLT program, we went through and we worked with the turkey industry who provided us just with review of all the different materials that we had prepared, uh, making sure everything really represented the industry side and what they would like to share about the important work that they're doing. She says the main goal of the program is for students to learn where their food comes from and share the importance of Indiana's turkey and poultry producers. In 2021, we actually piloted the program to about 475 students in fourth and fifth grade across the state of Indiana. So that was about 25 classrooms. So the program consists of several online modules that a teacher can use 
It has a simulation game that's included. And as well as um, we provide resources to do an in-class activity as well with the students. So the teachers can have the students work independently on the modules during class time, but then bring them together to really discuss what did you just learn. One of the simulation games that kids can play is called backpacking through the turkey's digestive system. I love this program because I also have young children and they like to play it as well after we developed it. A student, they get to pick from one of three different feed characters and they go through the digestive system on a backpack quest. So they have to answer questions, they gather things along the way, and it's just a really fun way to let them see, okay, when, when you're feeding turkeys and they're eating, what's the process to get the nutrients to the, you know, the turkey? So being able to take kind of more complex ideas and being able to integrate them to a way that a fourth and fifth grader can understand by playing this game. Once again, that new website is poultryeducationcorner.com. You can also find that link and hear my full conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Karcher at hoosieragtoday.com. During last week's USDA Ag Outlook Forum in Washington, D.C., ag leaders shared their concerns over weather and water. Sabrina Halverson has more. Director of the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, Tim Boring, was one of three state agriculture leaders at the USDA Ag Outlook Forum who shared their perspectives on the future of ag and the challenges producers are facing. Boring discussed some of the roundtable discussions he's held with farmers around the state and said weather was a consistent concern. You know, extreme weather uh, continues to create a lot of challenges for us in Michigan, whether it's, it's too much rain at inopportune times or these short-term flash droughts. Temperature swings are a big thing in a state like Michigan where we're dependent on trees uh, you know, budding out at the proper time in the spring so that they don't get nipped by frost. The continued challenges that producers have of, of dealing with the effects of climate change. He said all these weather challenges have something in common. All of this are kind of under this umbrella of resiliency and, and diversity of how you build out resilient systems. And and to me, that's that's one of the, the, the true values of the, the, the work on the Climate Smart Commodities Program of of how do you incentivize soil health practices in a way that's focused on outcomes to get us where we need to go to, to mitigate the effects of climate change, ultimately reverse some of these drivers of it. He said he's optimistic as he looks forward to the future developments in climate change mitigation efforts that may reward farmers. Another high priority for Michigan producers, water quality. Boring was joined on stage by Alabama Agriculture Commissioner Rick Pate and Maine Agriculture Commissioner Amanda Beal. I'm Sabrina Halverson. And I'm C.J. Miller. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Bid America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you. All guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop dash insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. We'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We're we want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms.
I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We've got a pretty decent Wednesday for you here. Sunshine, blue sky, pleasant weather conditions, above normal temperatures. 50s seen over a large part of the state, even a few 60s down south. So, yeah, for February, not too shabby. Watch for clouds to increase here a little bit as we move through the day today, especially this afternoon and evening. And that's because in the north, we've gotten a little moisture trying to sag southward out of the Great Lakes region. Spits and sprinkles in Indiana tonight into early tomorrow, but I don't think much else. And then we see clouds thickening up because low pressure is going to be moving out of northeastern Oklahoma overnight tonight, taking a beeline at the central and eastern Corn Belt. That system drags across the entirety of the state tomorrow. Clouds everywhere. But I think the rains are mostly going to stay south of U.S. 24. Central and southern Indiana right in line to pick up anywhere from a quarter to at least one inch of rain. Could be a little bit more than that one inch in spots because I also think this is going to be our first round of thunderstorms for the year. Maybe not the first time we've heard thunder, but this looks like a little cluster of heavier rain or thunderstorm activity that could move through southern Indiana, so be prepared for that. Moderate to significant rains here, but it winds down through the evening hours, and after midnight, we are clearing out everywhere in Indiana. So that's as we head into Friday morning. But this system is also going to allow colder air to drag southward out of the Great Lakes and the upper Midwest. So we're colder. I think we're quite chilly on a Friday. It's about a one to one and a half day affair. And then temperatures will try and moderate going through Saturday afternoon. Sundays should be sunny and mild again. Actually, we're seeing sunshine all weekend, Friday afternoon, Saturday and Sunday. Going into next week, we're looking at well above normal temperatures for Monday and Tuesday. I look for moisture to start to develop in there as well. Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday into early Thursday. That's when we have some warm air, cold air clashes as cold air advances out of Canada coming into this warm sector. Rain and thunderstorms likely to fire off. I'll say anywhere from a quarter to one and a half inches of rain. Coverage will end up being about 70% of the state. I think there'll be some holes, but everybody has a chance to get at least a little bit of something. Behind that moisture midweek next week, we turn much cooler for Thursday afternoon and Friday. Colder air coming out of the northwest takes full control and then we are going to shake that off pretty quick as we move into the early part of March. The first full weekend of March is mild. We could even see Friday afternoon, the first temperature starting to turn. So, roller coaster ride, yes. We do, though, get a little bit of moisture as we get ready to move into the month of March. That's going to allow our soil profiles to just hold a little bit more water. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Ryan Martin. Gains to open up a holiday-shortened week of trade. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Farm Market Review. Nothing on Monday for President's Day, but slightly higher in corn and beans and gains as well in Chicago wheat on Tuesday. For market analysis, I checked in at the end of trade with Arlen Suderman. He's with StoneX. Arlen, some short covering in the grains and oil seeds led by Chicago wheat. So let's start there. Why wheat the leader? Do we look maybe to the Red Sea for reasons? That's a big part of it. And frankly, all of the corn, soybeans, wheat were all up overnight. The difference with corn and soybeans, though, is the farmer is very un- undersold on both, on both sides of the equator, corn and soybeans, whereas that's not necessarily the case for wheat. So we had a lot of farmers selling, in, in not only here in the United States, but in Brazil, where they have their slowest pace of selling um, of the last five or six years. 
And uh, so just anxious to look for a rally to sell, whereas wheat, we don't have that farmer selling. Um, speculative short positions were pretty large coming into this past weekend. Then you have a couple of grain ships that were hit by Houthi rebels uh, based in Yemen in the Red Sea area over the weekend. One of them may actually end up sinking. That's kind of a change in strategy. Grain shipments had not really been touched until this point. Um, and now that a couple of them have been hit, uh, one of them they say accidentally because it was actually going to Yemen to the home of the Houthi rebels. And uh, so they kind of apologized for that. But it still shows the increased risk now that we're seeing for shipments of commodities around the world, the Black Sea and the Red Sea being the biggest risk areas. It hasn't changed the supply, but fund managers with massive short positions got a little bit nervous over the weekend and now trying to cover some of those short positions with some end users kind of in the same boat. Corn and soybeans, are they getting any kind of an assist from South American weather? Not really. Um, when you look at the weather in South America, yes, we have some periods of dry with above normal temperatures, uh, both in Brazil and Argentina. Argentina has probably been most prominent to some of the, for some of those reports here of late. But they have rains moving in by the end of the week again into some of those warmer, dry areas. Uh, crop conditions are, are holding up sufficiently. Production estimates are holding up in Argentina. Well, there are some concerns about the winter corn crop in Brazil. And uh, what the weather's going to do in March and April with some of the models suggesting it's going to be drier than normal. Um, but thus far, nothing really to uh, stand on enough for a, to sustain a rally. It would be nice to think with the higher moves in corn and beans that a low has been put in, but the move higher doesn't seem to have enough conviction to it to confirm that. I generally agree, and I'd say that the primary thing that you can build a bullish case is on simply the fact that the markets are oversold and the funds are nervous with those big short positions and end users are nervous with the funds having those big short positions. Fundamentally, there's no reason at this point to sustain a rally and you've got a lot of unsold bushels on both sides of the equator and the funds aren't likely to really turn friendly these markets as long as the farmer has so much grain to sell because they're scared of farmer selling. That's just the truth. They're afraid of farmer selling. Uh, once that farmer selling occurs, then they'll feel more comfortable with a different position. Just a general outlook in the coming weeks as we search for news that could bump the markets higher or news that may pressure them and other influences on the markets. What kinds of things will you be looking at? Well, I think that the biggest thing we're watching for right now in the corn market is how the growing season plays out for the winter corn crop in Brazil. and But it has to be a substantial loss of production potential uh, considering our 2.1 billion bushel carryout because we have some room to go ahead and, and to supplement export some more. A longer term, though, we're watching to see if this trend toward higher inflation continues. Right now, the higher interest rates are seen as a negative for the grain and oilseed market markets. But if the fund managers start tying that to sustained or higher inflation, 
history tells us that they want to be long the commodities during those times and not short. So we're watching to see if we get more of that sustained inflation story going forward. Arlen Suderman there, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX and StoneX.com. Settlements now from Tuesday trade. March corn up two and a quarter, going to 418 and three quarters. May contract 432 and a half up three. And July up three, 443 and a quarter. March beans six and three quarters up, eleven seventy nine even. May contract eleven eighty three and a half up seven and a quarter. July also gained seven and a quarter, going to eleven ninety two. March wheat led the way higher, five eighty two and three quarters up twenty two and a quarter. The meats mostly higher. April live cattle though one eighty seven thirty two down twenty two. Deferreds a little higher. April lean hogs, 45 cents up, 85.67. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm network.